This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's program, on the first day of March, yes, the calendar switched to the third month of the year, which means new canola and wheat contracts. Adam Picallo from PI Financial breaks down how they did this week. The wheat growers, meanwhile, held a virtual AGM earlier this week. And an update on Bill C-355, a bill to ban the practice of shipping live horses via air to foreign countries. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. First up on Sask Ag Today after the break is my chat with Adam Bacallo to talk about the canola and wheat futures contracts. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last off for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. A new month means new grain contracts. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial Adam Picallo says the May canola contract this week was up $17 a ton, while the May Minneapolis wheat contract was relatively unchanged. This week, you know, there's quite a, f- a few different areas that I've been watching. The first has been more on the soy side of the markets. The downward trend really remains in place on May soybeans after kind of a new contract low this week. And really the theme of cheaper supplies in South America for both beans and bean oil kind of gave the edge to the bear camp. Uh, we've seen really poor weekly export sales this week and will likely be continuing trend as, you know, Brazil really increases its share of exports into the spring. So uh, right now it doesn't seem like the soy markets are helping out the canola side very much. Uh, we might have just seen a bit of a short covering on uh, the May contract is kind of, again, the July, the, the March was expiring and, and traders may be going into the May here. And then when looking at the wheat front, um, the May contract on Minneapolis is about unchanged on the week right now. Uh, today we're actually giving up the majority of the gain on the week uh, down approximately uh, 12 cents a bushel at uh, 647 right now and a similar kind of story on on the wheat front here just a little bit more of a bearish trend there is no change to the forecast models uh, showing really beneficial precipitation for the southern plains in the US kind of during the second week of March and really world wheat values remain weak uh, so that's not really a recipe for a rally here and I'm seeing again clients asking about uh, maybe what they should be doing with some old crop, maybe even talking about new crop. And we're kind of developing a plan now here, given the prices that we've seen. So a couple follow-ups. The first one, uh, you mentioned the weather just now. Uh, What about the recent weather we've had here uh, on the prairies here? Has that kind of had an effect on the markets, uh, no matter how big or how small it is? 
Yeah, I'm not sure if it's had an effect right now, but definitely talking with clients, there is, you know, more precipitation, more snow kind of in the last kind of week, which should be a positive uh, thing for this year. But I think kind of like last year, it's really quite spotty still. So it's kind of too early to say. And what would you say about the U.S. and Canadian dollar and the price of crude oil? Uh, looking at it from a distance here for me this week, it really looks like it hasn't moved all that much. Yeah, the U.S. dollar has kind of been going a little bit, you know, it's sideways to lower. It has bumped up a little bit on the U.S. dollar side, which actually has caused the Canadian dollar recently to kind of go down here. Uh, today, we're sitting at about uh, 73.5 cents right now. And uh, kind of when looking since the beginning of the year, that's actually down about uh, almost 3 cents, actually, because we did reach up to that 76 level back in kind of late December, beginning of January. So if anything, maybe the currency is kind of helping out on the grain side of things. But I've been really kind of looking at the currency as pretty being range bound between the kind of that 72 to 76 level. So there hasn't been much deviation between there. And then when kind of maybe talking about oil prices, like you mentioned, uh, we have seen oil kind of move up in recent uh, weeks, crude on the Mekong contract on the CME is trading at about uh, WTI, so 78.50 a barrel. And if we do see it get above this uh, 79, maybe we could go back to that 85 kind of uh, high that we did see back last September. What else are you seeing in terms of an outlook uh, for the short term here for canola and wheat? What else are you uh, looking out for? One area that I could just kind of say is maybe some support and resistance I'm looking at. So a floor that I'm looking at for for May canola is sitting at about that 580 level. And so that'd be kind of some support that I'm looking for. And some resistance I'd like to see it get above is that 600 level. Uh, and if it gets above there, we could see 620. Um, and then maybe some more upside from there potentially. So kind of that's on the canola front. And then on the Minneapolis wheat side, I'm looking at kind of support around that 640 kind of of a bushel area and resistance kind of quite a bit higher, 670 to maybe that 690 kind of area. Adam Piccalo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today, I had the chance to speak with the executive director of the Wheat Growers, Dave Quist, on how their AGM went on Monday. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. Sask Ag Today will return right after these messages. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association held its annual general meeting virtually this week. Monday's AGM was organized as a Plan B after the original plan of a convention in Regina, but that was cancelled due to the timing not working out for most members. While that may have been stressful, the highlights were more positive, as Executive Director of the Wheat Growers, Dave Quist, explains. We talked about uh, what we've done in the past year, some of the highlights. One of the main highlights that we engaged with is adding consumers to our uh, our discussion and, and our information sharing. All too often, we've only talked about advocacy and policy, which is certainly important, and we're continuing with that. But consumers, the people that buy the finished products are a part of it as well. And so we, we updated our members on, on a role we played with that over this past year as well. And that actually went, went really well. We had tens of thousands of hits on, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and, and Twitter as 
as we discuss the impacts of food pricing and carbon taxing on um, on the consumer and uh, starting at the at the farm gate as well. We uh, gave all the usual things in terms of financial state, which we're pleased that we're in the black and in a, in a solid financial footing. We're thanks to our, our sponsors and our members for their continued support as well. Uh, we talked about some of the uh, policy that we're going to be working on in the coming year as well. Another highlight Quist mentioned was the inaugural Young Farmer Mentorship Program launched in August last year. Carly Bodich from Saskatchewan and Bart Mann from Southern Alberta were chosen as the first mentees. And we're seeing them as hopefully, I'm going with the cat out of the bag for them, but uh, you know, potential directors down the road. They, uh, they bring uh, enthusiasm and ideas with them and we want to uh, take advantage of their ideas and insights. And uh, we're looking to, to add additional uh, young farmers into, into our, our uh, directorship and, and our membership in the, uh, in the years ahead here as well. We're looking to, you know, we're over 50 years old. We're one of the, uh, the oldest agricultural uh, advocacy organizations in Canada. And we want to ensure that uh, that continues going forward as well. So we, we want to pay particular attention and work with our, our young advocates. Quist says the review of the Canadian Grain Act is a key item the wheat growers will be keeping track of this year. The Grain Act is something that we're particularly interested in. We think that there's several things there that can be uh, uh, augmented and changed and, and brought into the uh, 21st century. So we're, we're waiting to see what the government response is at this time and what the process is going to be. The wheels of, of government policy never move fast. And, and so it's always a hurry up and wait process where we submit something, we wait to hear back from the government and uh, see what the response is and, and to help determine what, what best steps are forward. So when, when we hear the, the, the ball is in the, the government's court at this particular time and when we hear back, then we'll know how to respond and what the next step should be as well. When asked if there is anything specific that wheat growers would like to see changed with the Grain Act, Quiz says they would like to see the inspection of outbound grain, which is done by a third party and at ports, addressed. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today is Ag Review with Doug Falconer. He'll walk us through the latest ag headlines from not only around Canada, but also around the world. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. The show will be back right after the break. You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Egg Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Oat millers in Canada are telling growers that a plant growth regulator isn't effective on oats, so farmers probably don't need to use it. Grain millers and Patterson Grain, which operate oat mills in Yorkton and Winnipeg respectively, say chlormaquat has limited agronomic value and might disrupt demand for Canadian oats. Some farmers in Western Canada use chlormaquat, sold under the brand Manipulator, to reduce the height of oat plants and minimize the risk of lodging. On Wednesday, Grain Miller sent an email to its oat suppliers, including farmers, asking them to think twice before using Manipulator this year. A spokesperson for Belgium Crop Protection Canada, which markets and distributes Manipulator, says its efficacy does vary depending on variety. 
Sales of new tractors and combines have slowed down from a year ago, almost certainly due to lower commodity prices and higher interest rates. Combine and four-wheel drive tractor sales ended 2023 up slightly, while sales of small tractors were down in both the U.S. and Canada. It's just one month, but the number of new two-wheel drive tractor sales recorded by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers in January was down 30.7% in Canada and 21.6% in the U.S., compared with the same period in 2023. Sales have remained more resilient in the more expensive combine and high-horsepower categories. Combine sales were down 9.5% north of the border and 4.9% in the U.S. year-over-year in January. Sales of four-wheel drive machines were flat in Canada and up 1.4% in the U.S. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky says that without new U.S. military aid, his country would be unable to defend a Black Sea shipping corridor that has allowed Kyiv to export millions of metric tons of grain to global markets. Ukraine launched the shipping corridor hugging its western Black Sea coast near Romania and Bulgaria in August, a month after Russia quit a year-long landmark deal brokered by the United Nations and Turkey that had allowed the safe Black Sea export of nearly 33 million metric tons of Ukraine grain. Ukraine is on track to export all grain from its 2023 harvest, despite Russian attacks on Ukrainian ports and infrastructure. But he warns that if the U.S. Congress did not approve $60 billion in new security aid, then the future of the shipping corridor would be in doubt. All of Canada, aside from Yukon and parts of the Northwest Territories, are expected to see warmer-than-normal temperatures over the next three months. That's according to the latest long-range seasonal forecast from Environment and Climate Change Canada, released on Wednesday. The government agency calls for a 40 to 60 percent chance of above-normal temperatures from March through May across the three prairie provinces, with an even greater chance of warmer temperatures in Ontario, Quebec, and the Atlantic provinces. Precipitation is expected to be normal across most of the country during the period, aside from northern regions of Ontario, Quebec, and Labrador, where the forecast calls for above-normal precipitation and most of Nova Scotia, which could see levels come in below normal. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, looking at the weather radar and the forecast, it kind of looks like that uh, we're bound to get some snow for uh, this weekend. Yeah, it looks like what could be a pretty major system starts to move in for Saturday night. may see even a little light snow by the end of the day Saturday, though anything that falls daytime Saturday is not going to be of much consequence for us. So watching mainly the nighttime hours and uh, early day Sunday, mainly around sunrise, some of the heaviest snow could fall. There is a winter storm watch, in fact, covering that period. For now, we've uh, pretty much shaken our flurry threat. 
A little sunshine through the afternoon, partly to mostly sunny effect most of the time. Temperature has really taken a sharp drop. We were expecting a fall, but uh, it took a tumble and then resumed its normal fall. So we'll uh, look for it to hold pretty much where it is. May wobble a bit, but overall the trend is down toward minus 12. And then holding there through the night may even start to uh, rise towards sunrise, but very little movement. Mostly it's going to be steady through the night at minus 12. The good news, though, is that the wind will drop off. It's been fairly strong. We've seen gusts over 40, but through most of the afternoon, we're on the lower side of it. 20 to 35, more close to, uh, more of the time, around 20, even lighter into the evening. Wind averaging around 10 kilometers per hour. Not quite calm, but nearly so. And uh, that means the wind chill, not a major factor, but certainly does feel cold in the morning tomorrow. Partly sunny for a little while, clouding right back up. Uh, chance for us that light snow late in the day, minus 4 is the high. We'll... Uh, drop off slowly and then get down to minus nine towards Sunday morning and then hold or slowly fall from there. Winter storm watch though is not only do we have snow coming in, it's going to be very windy wind chill, an issue uh, blowing snow could cause significantly reduced visibility through especially early Sunday, but anytime from middle of the night, Saturday night through about Sunday afternoon, Looking for accumulations through the night, 5 to 10 centimeters Saturday night. Sunday, snow, 10 to 15. I don't think too many of us are on the low side of both of those. It's going to be a timing issue of any of us uh, getting into the middle ground. There is certainly some margin of error on the high side, uh, but it is going to be either way. Even if it comes in on the lower side of things, closer to 15 or 20, it's still a pretty decent storm, and there's the potential for it to go uh, higher than that. But yeah, the blowing may be uh, maybe some high variability with that. The snow winds down, still a few flurries, but no more accumulation once we get to Sunday night and Monday. Minus 16 as a cold air mass settles and holds on Tuesday with a high of minus 15 and a mixture of cloud and sunshine. We'll start to trend back toward normalcy by the end of the week, so a slow progression upward. Thank you very much, Phil. And uh, as he alluded to just moments ago, there is the winter storm watching effect for southern and west central Saskatchewan with the uh, snowfall totals anywhere from 25 to 35 centimeters expected and wind gusts between 60 and 70 kilometers an hour. Meanwhile, there is a special weather statement in effect for east central Saskatchewan and a bit of the north more so on the northeast side of the province as uh, the snowfall amounts there about 10 to 20 centimeters likely and the wind gusts around 60 kilometers an hour. Normal highs for this time of year minus 4, normal lows minus 15. Sun rose in Regina at 741 this morning and the sun will set at 642 later today. Taking a look around the province in Assiniboia and Weyburn minus 7. Minus 4 in Estevan, they're also the warm spot for the province today. Mooseman minus 8, Saskatoon minus 11, Swift Current minus 10, Yorkton and Melville minus 9. The cold spot in the province, meanwhile, is in Collins Bay at minus 19.1. In Regina, it's mainly sunny, west-northwest wind at 35 kilometers an hour, humidity 72%, temperature minus 8 or 17 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 101.0 and rising. And in Moose Jaw, partly cloudy, northwest wind at 30 kilometers an hour, and the temperature minus 7. We'll take another break. Sask Ag Today will return right after this. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. 
Bill C-355 came up for discussion again at committee in Ottawa yesterday. The private member's bill introduced by Liberal MP Tim Lewis is aimed at ending the practice of transporting live horses by air for slaughter. According to Agriculture Canada figures, 2,500 horses were shipped primarily to Japan, where raw horse meat is considered a delicacy. Those statistics are for last year. In speaking to his motion, Lewis believes the vast majority of Canadians agree. Shipping horses by air is cruel and needs to end. This is not some niche issue. This is not urban versus rural. Um, This is not about going against agriculture. This is about banning a practice that's already been banned in other countries, and more countries are working toward this. New Zealand has banned the transport of livestock by air and by sea. And as Lewis's colleague on the committee, Leah Taylor-Roy, pointed out, the UK wants to go one step further. The UK actually has introduced a much broader bill. It's actually called an animal welfare bill because they are concerned about the welfare of animals um, to um, ban all livestock exports from the UK. And that was introduced in December 2023. Taylor Roy says some horses transported by air are dying and she believes all of them suffer stress. Yesterday, Canada's top veterinarian, Dr. Mary Jane Ireland, testified on behalf of the CFIA, which governs the transport of all livestock in Canada. Since 2013, we have reports of five fatalities out of about 47,000 horses that have been exported. That's a mortality rate of about 0.011%. I'm not aware, Mr. Chair, of other instances of significant injuries. And the requirement for uh, the regulated parties is to report mortalities and significant injuries. Dr. Ireland was asked if horses being transported by air to another country for eventual slaughter are treated differently here from horses being flown to another country for a sporting event. The rules, the regulations uh, for the transport of horses by air, and frankly the transport of horses, uh, are not different Uh, depending on what the horse is going to be used for. So the requirements for a horse to be transported to uh, another country for the purposes of a feedlot or food production are not different than the requirements for a horse being uh, transported by air, for example, to an athletic event. For example, the feed water rest times or the interval between which an animal must be provided rest, feed and water during transport are 28 hours regardless of the outcome of that animal. The Liberals and NDP support Bill C-355 while the Tories and the Bloc are opposed. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. The program will return right after this next break. You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The Alberta government is lifting its six-month moratorium on renewable energy projects. Premier Danielle Smith issued the pause late last summer for a number of reasons, and this might have been one of them. Would any of you 
volunteer to put a wind turbine on your land? No. That's my point. He's got a gig order. So if friends. you don't have one in your backyard, why are you forcing them in our backyard? Those were some angry comments from landowners at a meeting in Elk Point last summer where a company was proposing to construct a series of wind turbines nearby. It was interactions like that that got the attention of the Premier and she put a pause on all new projects until a set of rules could be drawn up. Those were completed recently and the Premier spoke with reporters on Wednesday. And having clear rules means that everyone knows we will prioritize our agricultural lands. That means the AUC will take an agriculture first approach when evaluating the best use of agricultural lands proposed for renewable development. Alberta will no longer permit renewable generation development on class one and class two lands unless the proponent can demonstrate the ability for both crops and or livestock to coexist with the renewable generation project. Our government will establish the tools necessary to ensure Alberta's native grasslands, irrigable and productive lands continue to be available for agricultural production. Protecting Alberta's land is also why we will establish buffer zones of a minimum of 35 kilometers around protected areas and other pristine viewscapes as designated by the province. New wind projects will no longer be permitted within those buffer zones and other proposed developments loco uh, located within the buffer zones may be subject to a visual impact assessment before approval. Albertans have been vocal that they don't want large-scale developments to interfere with our province's most beautiful natural features. You cannot build wind turbines the size of the Calgary Tower in front of a UNESCO World Heritage Site or on Nose Hill or in your neighbor's backyard. We have a duty to protect the natural beauty and communities of our province. During the Q&A that followed, the Premier was asked this question. Speaking of landowner rights, I mean, landowners in some cases can't say no to oil and gas infrastructure. But how do you explain to them that they can't say yes without caveats to renewable infrastructure? Well, I think we know in rural Alberta, you don't have carte blanche to use your land in whichever way you want. I mean, they have rules around... Uh, home quarter. They have rules around spacing on well sites for oil and gas development. And so th this just seems to me to also be something that we have to be a little more deliberate about. I mean, we've heard stories, for instance, on on wind turbines. And I think I may have mentioned this before, um, one being built too close to the Oyen airport. So it required us to change the airport so we could get medevac flights in and out. I also hear from landowners in my own riding that a landowner is now impacted and impaired from being able to do spraying because the turbines were built too close to her property. So we have to be mindful that you can't use your property in a way that impacts another's property. And we also have to be mindful that we're managing it for other uses. It's, it's not unusual for us to, to have spacing requirements and, and other provisions for how intense agriculture land is used. Critics say the new rules will discourage some companies from considering Alberta as a place to do business. The NDP's environment critics said the government's plan amounts to an unfair double standard that will lead to decreased investment in the renewable sector. Coming up next on the program, we have the market update. Keep it tuned here. Saskag Today will return right after these messages. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Durham is down $1.10 at 40207. Canola is up 30 cents to 551.42 
And number one red spring wheat is down 80 cents at 295.49. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 225.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 606.04, lentils 721.50, oats 285.32, yellow peas 437.98, and feed wheat 212.38. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is down 11.5 cents to $6.47 a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon, this is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. This past week we had our all-breed yearling and calf pre-sort with 2,600 heads showing up to another strong market. Starting off with the steers, 114 red and black steers weighing 527 brought 452 and a quarter. 94 red and black steers weighing 590 brought 422.75. 48 black steers weighing 645 brought 409.75. 28 black steers weighing 711 that brought 385 and a quarter. 81 black steers weighing 750 that brought 356.25. 22 exotic steers weighing 802 brought 340 and a quarter. On to the heifers, 114 black heifers weighing 533 brought 398 and a quarter. 98 black heifers weighing 598 brought 364.25. 88 black heifers weighing 673 brought 341 and a quarter. 20 black heifers weighing 671 brought 319. And 17 black heifers weighing 853 brought 303 and a quarter. This past Thursday, we had a regular cow and bull sale with 261 heads showing up. And here's how it went. Them good cows are $1.55 to $1.65 with sales up to $1.70. Medium cows are $1.35 to $1.55. And them counter cows are $0.90 cents to $1.20. Them good young feeder type cows are $1.70 to $1.90. And them heiferettes were two ten to two forty with sales up to two sixty five. The bulls were $1.40 to $1.50 with sales up to $1.69.50. That's the update for the week. And this is Travis Platt reporting from Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. The latest pork prices are at $197.03 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. This month has been declared Agriculture Literacy Month in Saskatchewan. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says in a news release, Agriculture Literacy Month contributes to building an informed perspective on the significance of farming and ranching in Saskatchewan and its impact on the world. This year's theme is promoting diversity in agriculture. On the markets, the TSX is up 218 points at 21,582. The Dow is up 80 points to 39,076. Oil is up $1.80 at $80.06 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.80 cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And, that, and that's Friday's edition of Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.